Hello everyone and welcome back to a slightly late episode of Knowing Wheel. It's not Tuesday, it is Wednesday this week, we do apologise for that. But I am joined, as always, by Jamie183. How, how are we doing, my friend? Have you got a nice ski tan for us? Oh, definitely. The Yes, I just got back from the Alps yesterday, which is why this uh, this episode is delayed. It was all my fault, which I'm happy to accept. Um, yeah, not much snow to be found in the Alps in July, but it was it was very cool, very nice. Clearly, clearly not going high enough up in yeah. the Alps. Um, but before we dive into this one, though, we've we've got to make a little bit of an apology, haven't we, Jamie? Um, as as is knowing wheel tradition, it would appear, we said last week that we were going to do an F1 iceberg video today. You know, go into part three, dive in with some cool things like that. Unfortunately, then between us recording the podcast and the podcast going live. Red Bull decided that Daniel Ricciardo was driving the AlphaTauri again. We probably should have done, like, a um, pre-recorded announcement show for just when Ricciardo was going to get announced, because it <laughs> kind of felt like it was always bound to happen. Um, but yeah, so that, that kind of screwed us over there. And I, I did see we got a lot of comments from people going, how, how are you like a Formula One podcast if you've missed, like, the massive piece of news All the time. Um, this week? But it's knowing real tradition... For anyone that wants to follow Formula One, just make sure you check Twitter usually on a Tuesday because that's when everything happens. I don't apparently. know why, because you'd feel like it'd be on a Monday most of the time. Well, on but... Monday, I always—I suppose it's long enough after one Grand Prix that teams aren't doing all their social media stuff on the Grand Prix still, but far enough in front of the next Grand Prix. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but yeah, basically, but I mean, every bit of major news gets dropped between we our recording time on a Monday evening. And the podcast going live on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, between <laughs> half past five on a Monday night and half past six on a Tuesday evening is where everything in the world of Formula One apparently goes down. Um, but I mean, I, I haven't quite worked out what the title of the podcast is going to be yet, but we may as well go in with a clickbait, shouldn't we, Jamie? Daniel Ricciardo to Alpha Tauri. What back. are our thoughts and feelings? Uh, I don't mind it. I'm fairly pleased he's back, I think. I think, yeah, Nick DeVries was, as we've established over the course of the season, quite a wasted spot on the grid at 28 years old as a young driver. But I say that Ricardo's 34 in a young driver's seat. So, but he's actually got a bit of talent. I mean, not DeVries is good, but, you know, he's not... I think we found out he's not quite at the level of F1, um, which I'm sure in five years' time he can probably reflect on and, and see that. But, yeah, I think I'm happy. And I think... It's very strategic. It's like a chess game always with Red Bull because they're trying to put pressure on Perez, I think. Let's just get the elephant out of the room. Uh, is that, that's not the saying, is it? Elephant in the room. That Perez... Get the elephant out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Perez is going to be under a lot of pressure to pick it up if Ricardo or Sonoda, in fact, puts one or the other one in the shade. I feel like, with, like if, if one of those drivers beats the other one considerably over the course of the second half of the season, then they will be driving the Red Bull in 2024. Well, Perez has still got a contract for 2024. I think that's the I big... I don't think he does, does he? He does. He's still in, under contract for 2024. He signed a two-year deal heading into this season. Um, yeah, I mean, we said this pretty much from the announcement, didn't we? That we felt it was a massive risk by Red Bull, of course, to put... Nick DeFries into that team after seeing him do one Formula One Grand Prix. Mm. It kind of felt like this. 
we ask so many questions of Red Bull as a Formula One team at the moment, don't we? Um, but should De Vries have been the person to get sacked when someone clearly is making a decision behind the scenes after watching him do one Formula One race? Because yeah. Mercedes have had him do an extensive testing. Aston Martin have had him do an extensive testing. McLaren, back when he was a junior driver for them, did extensive testing. He's been in the Williams as well. He's pretty much driven half of the Formula One cars on the grid at some point Mm. or another. Clearly, everyone else was seeing something that were making them hesitant to put him in a Formula One car that Red Bull just didn't. And it it seems like in this instant, all the other F1 teams were correct in their judgment, wasn't it? Yeah, and I do think it... uh... Like there's a conversation to be had that the Alphatari seat for 2023 that De Vries took, they weren't really, they didn't. It was kind of a wasted seat. It was never really good. Like they've got no Verstappen's and Vettel's and Ricardo's coming through the junior category at the minute, who are certainly maybe they're a bit younger, but none that are on the cusp of Formula One. So well, none in Formula Two are there really? No, not really. You got a couple of decent drivers at the moment, but no one none all too special. Crazy, crazy good. Um, so it kind of felt like let's get a safe pair of hands who Sonoda can test himself against. But, yeah, DeVries, he was... He, you think on his best days, he's probably going to give you a 7 out of 10. Like, and he was kind of the driver. He's, he does seem like a safe pair of hands because he's done an awful lot of mileage in testing. But he doesn't seem much of a racer, if you get what I mean. <laughs> like, yeah, he's almost the perfect reserve driver in that sense. So... I would have preferred to see Liam Lawson in there, especially as he did end up finishing third in F2 last year. Um, but that's the way it goes. And I do kind of think, yeah, the fact that they've put in a 28-year-old and then a 34-year-old into their second junior seat kind of shows problems with Red Bull's young driver program, potentially. Um, and maybe problems that Helmut Marco should pack it in. But yeah, who knows? <laughs> I mean, this is the thing, isn't it, at the moment? It raises so many questions. Because even you saying that then... Have you noticed more recently, Red Bull don't refer to it as the junior team anymore. It's referred to as the sister sister. team. Which is, again, another very, very telling sign of how confused Red Bull seem to be with their two-team organisation at the moment. I mean, we know that it's not going to be called AlphaTauri next year. Of course, that was a brand decision uh, for their clothing brand, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, Back in 2019. We don't know what they're calling the team next year, whether they're still looking at the option of a quick sale as well. We just don't know. It really does seem, of course, because especially the the rumour mill at the moment is saying Yuki Tsunoda to Aston Martin for 2026, when obviously Aston Martin take up on the power units. Because, of course, that was always the thing as well, wasn't it? Yuki Tsunoda wasn't a Red Bull Junior for a long time. He was a Honda Junior. What Honda Dream Project, wasn't it? Exactly. What? Yeah. Whatever they call it. Yeah. Um. It was only then, of course, he was kind of shoehorned into the Red Bull Young Driver Program through, obviously, Honda. Um. So it just seems, and you know, we 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 have all these talks as well. You know, we've we've mentioned it before on the show about Max Verstappen. You know, he doesn't really give us the impression that he wants to race in Formula One. You know, into his late thirties. Could we see Red Bull? You know, could we be saying, Jamie? If for whatever reason we're still doing this show in five years <laughs> from now, Adrian Newey's retired. Red Bull aren't quite the powerhouse they are now. Max Verstappen maybe has jumped ship. Could we be, you know, in five, ten years discussing a Red Bull team in the same way we discuss McLaren now 
that just has mis- has gone through their heyday and doesn't look to return. You never know, see. But then there's a brilliant video with Eddie Jordan, um, filmed in 2015 Singapore, I think, and he basically called that Mercedes wouldn't be a team by the end of 2020. He was giving like five year big predictions, and he said the Mercedes are going to get bought out by a Chinese consortium and be like Dragon Team Racing, I think. Or something like Dragon that. Dragon Speed. Dragon Speed, yeah. And he was like, well, he basically said it's all going to happen. And it was very, very much like put on for a good clickbait title, you assume. but Because oh, Eddie Jordan, isn't he? Yeah. He's mad. He basically just throws a lot of darts at a wall and then one in a million will hit the right thing. <laughs> but Hit the bullseye. Yeah. yeah, it's... I think Red Bull are hit for the long run, to be honest. Although oh, and I'm not saying that Replacing Christian Horner whenever he ends up like calling it a day or moving on that would be really hard because they have been a one man team in terms of he has led it from the very beginning but so. more and more formula 1 team we seem to find the formula 1 teams either go completely that way or completely the opposite way don't we i remember we discussed this pretty much at new year i think wasn't it um when obviously ferrari got rid of um mattia bonotto and obviously talking about the fact that in the time ferrari has had five team principals Mercedes had Toto Wolff and Red Bull had Christian Horner. Mm. You know, Christian Horner, I mean, what, he's in his early 50s, isn't he? Same age as Toto yeah. Wolff. Yeah. I can see them both going until, you know, late 50s, maybe into their 60s, potentially. I mean, they've yeah, both got yeah. enough money, they could call it quits now if they wanted. Um, but I meant more as an organisation. Could Red Bull be that team in the future that once they, you know, in the same way we spoke about Ferrari for a long time, of course, when they lost Jean Todd, Michael Schumacher, Ross Braun... Mm. Are we seeing like that a... same thing with Horner, Verstappen, and uh, Adrian Newey? I suppose quite easily, and there could be. You saw it already in a microcosm way in twenty when Vettel left. To some extent, and Newey went off to do his own things. Like twenty fifteen, definitely was that dip. Obviously, and he really lasted a year and a half. Um, but yeah, it could could happen very easily. And for this is what's great about Formula One: it ebbs and flows. Like no dominance goes on forever. Even Mercedes eight years in a row, which was completely unprecedented. And a lot of that wasn't yeah. dominance in the same way a lot of people like to think it was either. Of Some course, yeah, the, the first, yeah, no, the first three years. Don't get me wrong, twenty seventeen and eighteen weren't particularly. It no. ma- was made to look more dominant based on the fact Ferrari threw it away. But I think yeah. we could both absolutely argue, you know, a lot of other teams, given that Ferrari car, could have absolutely taken it right to the bitter end against yeah. Mark. Yeah, but nineteen um, again were pretty dominant. 19 and... Oh, the first half of 19, especially. Second half of 19 was wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice Ferrari engines. But, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's strange, isn't it? I mean, let's be fair, we're kind of at this weird crossroad at the moment, aren't we? Where Red Bull very easily could dominate until 2026, or something quite major could change. But we've, we've kind of gone very, very off topic there, haven't we? Yeah. The big question, Jamie, I think at the moment, what do we do if Yuki Tsunoda wipes the floor with Daniel Ricciardo in a similar fashion to Nick DeFries. Get him in the Red Bull. <laughs> Genuinely. And what happens to Daniel Ricciardo? Uh, he can... I guess if he wants to stay in Alpha Tower, he can, but I, I'd feel like for him, if he got trounced by another young driver like he did with Norris, I think he wouldn't want to stay, to be honest. Do you think so, he'd even be given the option to stay, do you? Well, I don't think Red Bull will have two drivers to fill the seats in AlphaTauri so I guess they'd probably give Ricardo the option if he wants Lawson to Lawson and Perez? 
I just I don't see Perez dropping down to the B team now to be honest I think Lawson definitely could he's obviously doing very well in Super Formula and that's a very well trodden path with Gasly and Van Dorn in the past um, obviously Van Dorn not with Red Bull but yeah potentially I don't think Perez will drop down but maybe it's a Lawson somebody else I don't know maybe who else would even be that that guy no uh, you, you're kind of looking at Formula 2, aren't you, then, really? You're just trying to chuck one up and hope they swim rather than sink. Yeah, it's um, not gone great with, well, I guess um, Logan Sargent probably went up a year too early, maybe two years too early. Yeah, but Williams had always admitted that as well, though. They knew they were probably pushing him up a bit too soon. But that being said, to be fair to him, obviously hasn't been on the same level as Alex Albon, but... Williams is definitely a much more nurturing environment than Alfatari yeah. seems to be. I guess you've got Iwasa. You, yeah, yeah. Really go Honda Dream Team again. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it? The writing was on the wall pretty much immediately for Nick DeFries. I really still believe there was something else going on there behind the scenes. Politically, the Red Bull was so against him so quickly. Well, uh, you, Helmut Marco said, didn't he, that him and Christian Horner disagreed. And I can't remember which way around it was, but I think it was Christian. Horner didn't want him. Didn't want him. Yeah. And Helen Marco put him in and then basically realised that he was wrong. So, yeah, you feel like if that's the case, basically Horner runs the team and Marco runs the junior programme. And the one who runs the team calls the shots ultimately. So, yeah, as soon as there's an excuse to get him out, Horner was going to take it. So it's a shame for Nick DeVries, but I'm excited to see Ricardo back. And I think it's good for the sport and I'm very glad he gets to race at Vegas at the end of the year um, yeah and I, th- great. I think that's the other thing isn't it as well Ricardo is so marketable oh, you know yeah. if this is part of some bigger plan that Alpha Tauri want to get you know Rebel want to try and sell off Alpha Tauri in the near future you know I'm sure a few more number threes on an Alpha Tauri hat will be quite a popular sale yeah. in and around the F1 world as well um, but it's it's a weird little thing going on because I mean the other thing of course is the fact that you know Red Bull have built this utterly dominant car in 2023, but AlphaTauri don't even take as many parts as they can off them. Mm. Like they're just they're seemingly leaving performance on the table. You know, get your tinfoil hats on for one second. But I love the theories at the moment going around that you know AlphaTauri using a lot of their cost caps and things like that and their wind tunnel testing time to aid Red Bull, which I think is hilarious <laughs> as an idea. Um, but that leads us on quite nicely, doesn't it, Jamie? Because mm. apparently, the rumour mill churning, literally today, this is hot off, the, hot off the press. For the first time ever, we've actually timed it right. <laughs> three teams, allegedly, are in breach of the cost gap from 2022. Indeed. And, yeah, this is very much non-official. There's been no... I guess it's slightly creditable. Um, I think it's I would Italian hardly call the Twitter account you've linked me. No, they're quoting a a tweet. From, of course a, a they are. They never come up with their own tweets from motorsport.com Italian version. So okay, that's so it's Ferrari's propaganda website. Yeah. yeah. So basically, there's there's three teams that are rumored to have breached the cost cap in 2022, with no confirmation of who it is or by how much. You assume it's probably teams exploiting the same loophole red bull did in 2021 what spend a lot of money on shrimp yeah yeah just don't leave any uh money for food and then spend it all but yeah i i struggle obviously don't want to guess and drag teams names through the mud it would be very funny if it's red bull again doing the same trick um 
it could well be Aston Martin. That's just because they've made that leap, obviously. Um, Mercedes is the sort of team. I guess they're not really the sort. They would try and play by the rules, but if they see Red Bull doing something, they probably won't do it themselves as well. Um, and then, yeah, maybe. I love the know. fact you said I'm not going to try and drag any teams through the mud. Proceeded <laughs> to drag three teams through the mud. If I had to guess, I would say Red Bull, Aston Martin, and Ferrari. Or they're saying that has. So hang on a minute. <laughs> so you just said you're gonna, you reckon Mercedes are gonna do it, and then haven't included them in your three. No, I, I, I was harsh on Mercedes. They're they're a very gentlemen. They do things right, don't they? So they do. You're absolutely right. Yeah. They play by the rules, Jamie. <laughs> um, I'm proud Boring. to see you appreciate Not that. You're right. Not maverick enough for you. Sorry, I forgot you're Logan Paul's biggest <laughs> fan. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because this is the bigger picture behind the cost cap as well is there is a lot of politics at play with that at the mm. moment and Stefano Domenicali has apparently already come out saying any team breaching the cap should face sporting penalties instead of financial ones he has no say over the FAA and the stewarding I'm well aware he doesn't yeah. <laughs> thank you um, but I'm already if this is true and if three teams have gone over and depending on the penalty that they get I'm getting slightly worried that we're already seeing a repeat of... Do you remember when they brought in the... It wasn't financial fair play, but it was a similar kind of idea back in the early 2010s to Formula 1. But it was so loosely restricted and not even enforced mm. that it was pointless. Yeah. Are we already potentially entering into a timeline where the budget cap is more of a recommendation than a set in stone Yeah, I feel like kind of thing. Kind of like the, the track limits have been in the last five to ten years like well, track limits have been fine no obviously recently. they have been now but in 2017 yeah. 16 time there was a point they had to clamp down on it and no one liked it when it first got done but eventually they've all had to clean their act up so i feel like this is the opportunity austria mate <laughs> well yeah try to clean their act up apart from estevan Ocon. um but this is i feel like if they don't clamp down on it now they're gonna let it spiral out of control so yeah but i do think there's a bigger conversation to be had about cost cap because obviously we've seen James Fowles at Williams saying like everyone's facilities are basically locked down because no one can invest in their facilities anymore. Yeah. Which is a yeah. little bit dumb because you've got teams like Aston Martin who were very clever and got their facilities done up before the cost cap. And obviously teams like McLaren, Mercedes, Red Bull, who've got really, really state-of-the-art facilities are fine. But teams on the up, say like Alfa Romeo's or the, well, actually saying that Sauber's factories are quality, aren't they? Because of BMW. But yeah, not anymore. I guess they'll be out of date by now, but they were investing heavily back then. But the likes of Haas, um, obviously Williams, even AlphaTauri to an extent. Like, Are you telling me Minardi didn't leave them with a state-of-the-art <laughs> factory? Poor Stoddart yeah. let us down. Yeah, but those kind of teams will always be the backmarker teams because you can't catch up with worse facilities. So and, and yeah, yeah. there is a conversation to be had about cost cap uh, and generally, I think. Well, the other thing as well, isn't it, of course, is Williams, for example, I think, can allegedly just about reach the cost cap. Of course, they've got a lot of investment coming in at the moment, which is fantastic to see. And I would love to see them finish the year in P7. Um, but, are we? I mean, like you said, obviously, it's still not fair as such. Yeah, you kind of want, what I would like to see, you kind of have a cost cap, which is maybe a little bit lower than it is right now, but it's just for the operations of a Formula 1 team. And then you can kind of have maybe a different cost cap or you can spend in proportion to your revenue on your facilities and infrastructures. 
because that's not really related to your day-to-day running of the team that's just going to help you as a team well what formula one i reckon would need to do and don't get me wrong i'm never suggesting this would happen in a million years because of course it wouldn't um is <laughs> all the teams the after- factory well, not give everyone the same. I wasn't even going to say that. Not even give that. Um, would be every team has to put in like $20 million and then they get staggered at the end of the year. So like the team that finishes last gets like $60 yeah, million. that makes sense. $40 million for like second last, 30, 20, 10, whatever. So the, the bottom team. But of course, why on earth would a Red Bull, for example, give Williams yeah. $30 million? It would yeah. never happen. And you've kind of got to get, I think it's five teams have got to agree to it. So you're kind of looking at your bottom five teams. Would they all agree? Maybe. Well, Alpha Tauri wouldn't because they have to vote yeah. Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> and there it was immediately gone. Yeah. Um, it's so difficult. I mean, it's so nuanced. I mean, what the likely response I feel is that there's going to be a complete reshuffle of how the cost cap works. Yeah. Because if we're seeing more... teams, yeah, if we're seeing teams break it every year as well, like if, for example, it is Red Bull again, say this time around they just push the envelope a little bit further, you know, let's be fair. And not trying to take away from the fact that Adrian Newey's just a genius. That penalty's made no difference, has it? No, no. <laughs> like it, it, they've they've were able to win twenty twenty one through it, and they were able to spend more money for twenty twenty two. You tell us all this stuff about how it's not had any effect on the actual car. BS. It it, it <laughs> has to be. Um, you know, it it hasn't it slowed them down at all. They'll have made not more really. money back than they will from that penalty. Um. We just need. Yeah, I feel like it it's needs to, it needs to fantastic in, more in theory. Way. Exactly, and this was always going to take time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting a big lump sum, you can't spend more than this. Apart from these random things like wages on your top three personnel and stuff like that, it's a bit dumb. But actually, yeah, trying to get the teams to work with the FAA and actually come up with some more detailed parameters, basically, so that people so it's more sensible because it doesn't doesn't really make a lot of sense right now. And I mean, this is the other thing I thought about as well, is, you know, whether the FIA, of course, because Formula One's making a fat profit at the moment. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's whether the FIA allocates some of their profits out to different teams. But, of course, then you run the risk of, you know, say, for example, they give Williams $10 million extra next year and they make a huge break for a winner world championship. You know, you could easily have five different teams winning world championships in five years. <laughs> but then, of course, you cheapen those yeah, world championships yeah, yeah. as well. Um, it's yeah, such such a complicated thing, isn't it? Um, at the moment, yeah, but definitely. If it's true, then not not a great look. Um, yeah. we've got a few other little bits and pieces to talk about as well, haven't we, Jamie? But I'm actually gonna intersperse this quickly with your quiz. No, oh, no, is it who's broken the cost cap? I've already done that quiz. It's not who <laughs> broke the cost cap, funnily enough. So, Jamie one eight three, the Hungaro ring came to the Formula 1 calendar back in 1986. You're not going to ask me about 1986, are you? I'm not going to ask you about 1986. However, two drivers won their one and only Grand Prix at the Hungaro Ring since its inception. Mm. What I want you to do is name me every single Formula 1 driver that has won exactly... Oh, let me get your timer. This is going to be hard. Okay. That has won exactly one Formula One Grand Prix since 1986. 
You've got wow. Okay. One minute. There is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven drivers. Okay, that's not you too bad. You have got one minute. Your time starts now. Ocon, Gasly. Yep. Yep. Uh, signs. Yep. Um. um hi, uh, Kovalainen. Yep. Who won one race? That's such a weird thing. Oh, truly. Um, yep. Not Perez. He's one more now. Um, <laughs> what exact race? You should be... know all of these. Oh, Kubica. Um, yep. Uh, Twenty-five else? seconds. Oh dear, random drivers. Um, Maldonado. Uh, yeah. I think you've only got four more. Are they old? Fifteen oh, no. seconds. Um, oh, this is really hard. Ten, <laughs> nine, eight, seven, six, five, Johnny four. Herbert? No. Nope. Three, oh, no. two, one. Many, so I'm pretty what certain. Years they? What years were they? Well, one of them you're going to kick yourself. Are they on the grid now? Uh, 2022. Oh, George Russell. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's one. Yeah. Uh, the other three, <laughs> I reckon. If I give you the year, you'll be able to get them. Do it. I want to test myself. <laughs> 1996. Oh, Panis. Yep. 1995. Well, I'm not sure I get that. Very famous win. Famous win in 95. I know if I give you the track, you'll get it. Really? Yeah. Easy. In my head, 95 is just a Schumacher dominant year. Oh, Alacy, is it? Well done. Yeah. There you go. Uh, and the last one was 1989. That'll be hard, wouldn't it? Is it yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think he won a race. Uh, I have no idea. I don't think he ever did. Um, the last one, Jamie. Italian. Did he have Peroni? Nope. Oh. No, he went way more than one, didn't he? Uh, Nanini? Yes. Correct. Oh, there we go. Super, and of course, that, that Senna, was only Senna controversial, of course, because Senna did win it. Yeah. Um, and you know, Nanini very famously. Possible were quite hard. Yes, yeah. I thought that one was a good, tricky one, but not ridiculous for a change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Alessandro <laughs> Nanini, of course, famously after that race, got very happy for me, but of course, gutted by it and Senna. Yeah. Um, because he knew Senna absolutely had really won that Grand Prix. Um, but he did very well there. I was impressed. Um, sorry, I'm now looking at most wins per season in Formula 1, which is an interesting Max stat. Max Verstappen, very soon. Yeah. Um, I'm just Because it, it's doing it by year. So, for example, 1982 had five separate drivers each win two Grand Prix, which is quite wild. None of them, of course, won the World Championship that year. Three of them were French. Disgusting. Oh sorry, that's really bad. <laughs> Um, currently, Max Verstappen has an 80% win rate this season, which is able to keep that up. Will be an F1 record. Do you know he's averaging mistaken. more than 25 points a race weekend? He is. He is at it's the moment. Ridiculous. Um, absolutely insane. Anyway, Jamie, let's let's go back to back to the show before we slag off the French anymore, because uh, <laughs> apparently that's now a weekly uh, bit as well. Brad Pitt is back in Hungary. Yeah. That's a fun little nugget he's, of information uh, for you. for the Red Bull seat. Apparently, all the Alphatari see. Yeah, maybe. I mean, hey, what was what was if he's quicker than Daniel Ricciardo? <laughs> well, there's a yeah. He made it further than Nick De Vries did into this season, so 
There's that. It's, I've not really got much to add. He has as well. That, that's quite worrying, isn't it? Apparently, they're going to be at six races, including uh, Britain and Hungary, for the end of the year. Vegas is surely one of them. Oh, yeah. That would definitely Probably be. Probably Cota. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what the others could be, though. Like, they love I... a Latin American country in Hollywood, don't they? So, Brazil. Well, I was going to say Singapore, to be honest. Yeah, it could be Singapore. Or one of the light races, because Qatar's back, isn't it? Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Mainly because I've been racing La Salle on F123, and it's such a fun it's track. A great track, isn't it? It's fantastic. Not a fantastic Formula One racing circuit, I'll no. be honest, but it is a fantastic track. It's a qualifying track. The venue of Lewis Hamilton's um, second last win ever. It is, yeah. Well, third last, really. Um, but still, um, it's like Mugello as well. I want to, I'd love to see that return. Yeah. I reckon what Formula One needs to do is, for example, make the cars qualify at Mugello and then race at Monza or something like that. Yeah. Although, that to be sounds... fair, Monza's always a right laugh when everyone trips over each other. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we get back on topic? We should get back on topic. <laughs> uh... In exciting news today, yes. literally an hour before we start recording. Nicholas Latifi resurfaced, oh, and I did. never thought I'd be happy to see that. Bless his heart. <laughs> yeah, he's going to do an MBA, isn't he? he um, it's not. A, is it an MBA? It is an MBA, isn't it? A business MBA at London University. Yeah. Bless him. He's off which to is, go and do business stuff. Yeah. Which is always quite funny when, of course, he was saying he's had a passion for business since he was a kid, which I think I'm not not surprised you have, mate. Your dad's a billionaire. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure that'll be very, very good fun. You know, just sit on his riches um, and drink Lavazza coffee all the time. Well, and Nutella. Well, I'm glad he's doing well, because his treatment after 2021, Abu Dhabi, was awful. So and That is also cannot be argued against, bless him. Um, you know, I, I certainly don't feel that Latifi deserve the hate he got um all of that hate should have been directed at michael massey um <laughs> anyway back to back on topic uh, <laughs> yes let's promote um, hate we love it <laughs> yeah but yeah bless i always thought latifi was going to be doing indycar this year for some reason he didn't race anything this year did he he's not done um, any racing at all yeah and now he's going to take a break and go to university and yeah. i reckon i'll ever see him back in a proper top series race car I doubt I it. can see him doing Le Mans I can see him doing like LMP2 or something like that I think if, if, if he wants to if he's all about business being his, his calling his career now then he might, might just stay there so not stay in business yeah fair enough I he mean might. he'll just sit on daddy's money wouldn't he he had a good run in F1 but he didn't deserve many more I think three good years. strong <laughs> well he had a and the fact he got yeah. three years was, a, was thanks to Covid really he's probably it? one of the worst drivers to ever last three years in F1 Hey, Got to be up there. Got to be up there. <laughs> Bless him. Um, Jamie. Yes. Hello. McLaren were back mm. last weekend. They were. We now have seen four teams second best in 2023. McLaren, Ferrari, Aston Martin, and Mercedes. Not if Alpine. you... Alpine haven't been second fastest anywhere, have they? No, they've been third on a couple of occasions. That's not second. That's not what we're talking no. about. And that was only really Esteban Ocon, which pains us to say. Gasly was there in Australia. Oh, yeah, Australia. I forgot about that. I was just thinking of Monaco, to be honest. <laughs> um, you know, McLaren, probably not in that fight, but they could give Alpine a bit of trouble towards the end of the year. But if you had to call right now, who would you say is finishing second in the drivers, well, third really in the drivers, I, I guess we could say second, in the drivers and constructors in 2023. Yeah. Well, I think Let's Perez. get a clip-worthy content. <laughs> Perez will finish second in the drivers. 
I think. Okay, behind Perez, then. Behind Perez, I would guess Lewis Hamilton. Good man. Um, it'll be basically Hamilton or Alonso is, I think, probably the, well, they're definitely the strongest two drivers in that second pack. Um, uh, but I think Hamilton probably will have the more consistent car over the course of the second half of the season. And but, is a better driver. Uh, that's debatable. We'll not get into that. But <laughs> I mean, constructors-wise, I think equally Mercedes, just because their car is the most predictable in terms of consistency. Mm, I think Mercedes would argue differently after Silverstone. Maybe, but even then they still got a podium, didn't they? So, But that was luck-based more than anything. Um, but yeah, I think the Aston Martin has some tracks where it's just awful. The McLaren will be really good at high-speed tracks and not very good at slow-speed tracks. And Ferrari a Ferrari. So, yeah. I Ferrari will somehow find a way to finish fifth in a three-way scrap finish, for P2. If they finish fifth in, yeah, a three-way fight for the title between them, Mercedes, and Red Bull at the start of the season, that would be impressive. Very, very... So, go on, then. If you had to place all of the Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, and McLaren drivers coming into the year, what oh, order would you be putting them in? Um, so basically the, the top five teams, drivers. Yeah, yeah, do all top okay. five teams, I well, suppose. Well, Verstappen, Perez, Hamilton, Alonso. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Russell, next. Yeah. Then probably Leclerc. Yeah. Sainz. Okay. Norris, Stroll. Yeah, yeah. And then probably Piastri. Ocon, then Piastri. Ocon, oh, Gasly, and then Piastri. Fair enough. You reckon? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, we still don't really know just how quick that McLaren's going to be yeah. around some of the tighter circuits, yeah. do we still? I mean, hungry this weekend. Al- McLaren ahead of Alpine. Did you see the brilliant screenshot when someone asked Piastri, what do you think about McLaren overtaking Alpine? And in the background, he's got Alonso grinning his face off. <laughs> Seems about right. It's so good. Seems about right. I mean, it does make me laugh when you had all these people going on at Oscar at the start of the year going, oh, you've made such a terrible mistake going to um, McLaren, okay. not Alpine. He probably went to the team that was going to pay him more money. I'd imagine Let's so. Be fair. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know we spoke about this last week as well. I think Oscar Piastri this year has been incredibly underrated. Mm. He's been because Lando, Lando Norris kicked bottoms against Daniel Ricciardo. And, you know, obviously early on against Carlos Sainz, if rookie season, everything like that, he more than stacked up against him as well, I think. Um, in probably what you'd argue now was Sainz's best two years in the sport, wasn't it? His last yeah. year at McLaren, first year at Ferrari. Um, you know, I was thinking about that a couple of days ago. When remember twenty twenty one when we had all these drivers move teams, mm. and Sainz was the only one the only that one moved well, and kicked yeah. on. Um, obviously, beat Leclerc that year. You know, Leclerc was a bit unlucky as well on occasion. Um, yeah, Oscar Piastri though, I think is really, mm. you know, really Hot good. Property. What would, your, what would your top ten be, real quick? I was to be, I forgot to mention I was pretty much exactly the same as you. Um, <laughs> I think you know we we both know we were pretty well. Uh, so when we inevitably get it entirely wrong yeah. and somehow Nicholas Latifi returns and wins a world title, uh, racing for Lavazza Business Power <laughs> Team. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that another day, I'm sure. Um, last bit of news, and I think we've got. Before we do predictions then, Jamie, for the Hungarian Grand Prix, Lewis Hamilton is apparently incredibly close now to a new contract with Mercedes. They wanted it done before the summer break, and it could be announced as soon as the Hungara ring, allegedly. Yeah. 
it's good for both parties. If he wants to stay, I think they'll have him stay as long as he wants. So, yeah. Good well, stuff. I think this is the thing, isn't it? Like, a lot of people gave Lewis stick last year for finishing behind George. And they're like, oh, it's Hamilton's over. You know, it's the <laughs> end of his Formula One career. Like, let me quickly grab back up the standings at the moment. <laughs> like, Lewis is kicking George's bottom, isn't he? For the most part. Yes. Yeah, and um, Russell has got a touch unlucky, but not hugely. Obviously, the with the exception of Australia, but even then, he was not on the right strategy at the start anyway, so I don't think he was going to hang on. Uh, you know, it might have been close between him and Lewis, but I don't think he was easily going to hang on. Lewis has got 121 points this year, George has got 82. So he's pretty much got as big a lead over George already as George did by the end of last season. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say that Hamilton is the stronger driver still all round for sure, but yeah, you kind of think over the next three years maybe it'll level out and Russell might get a bit stronger as he as he develops and as Hamilton, I guess, goes beyond his peak. Although for Alonso, that hasn't mattered at all. Um, yeah, so. well, Alonso peaked nearly 20 years ago now, but yeah. <laughs> First race win was 20 years ago this weekend. Oh, it's mad, isn't it? Oh, dear yeah. me. And Kimi Raikkonen already won 20 years ago, hadn't they? And Alonso, in the last 20 years, has as many victories as Verstappen has in this year and last year, pretty much. Sorry? How many wins has Verstappen? Oh, last year as well. Sorry, yeah, I yeah. get you. I get you. As in, Verstappen um, has 20, what, 25 wins in the last yeah, two years? Yeah, in the last two seasons. Alonso's got 32 in total. <laughs> Deary me. I mean, there's levels to... I mean, this is what I was going to... I wanted to do at some point as well with you. Um, an F1... I'm trying to think of the right way to word this, but like a world champion each year tier list like oh, from yeah. utterly dominant to didn't deserve kind yeah. of thing um, yeah, I want to do that at some point 2016 yeah 2016 <laughs> that would be a great one for that uh, a bit of nostalgia been the nostalgia um, but yeah I mean it'd be good for Hamilton as well of course because I think you know we, we spoke early on this year you know could he go to Ferrari he made some fantastic clickbait um <laughs> He's going to be at Mercedes till he calls it quits, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's a Mercedes engine merchant. Never got a point with any other engine. Nope, um, nor has he ever needed to. Which you love to <laughs> see. Nico Hulkenberg has more poles with a non-Mercedes engine than Lewis Hamilton does. My goat. Wowee. <laughs> Hamilton probably has more penalties. Uh, sorry, more penalties, more podiums if he was on a push bike than Nico Hulkenberg <laughs> is able to get it. still. Yeah, he's got as many podiums in Formula 1 <laughs> on a push bike as Hulkenberg has. Um... Hulkenberg, Jamie, has only scored points once this season. What's going on there? Twice, thank you. Once? Austria sprint. Oh, that don't count. <laughs> Not even that. <laughs> and he's still, what, P11, is he? He's P14, mate. He's behind oh, Alex Albon in the championship. Oh, that's not going great. Well, the house is absolute <laughs> rubbish, so he's trouncing his teammate, the fraud. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, predictions then, Jamie? For the Spanish, uh, for the Spanish Grand Prix, for the Portuguese, for the Hungarian Portuguese, Grand Prix. I don't know where I'm going with this, uh, mate. I'm having a nightmare. Grand Prix. I have been losing ground, so I'm going to say. Verstappen what is Pol- the scores on the doors? Sorry, I think I'm one ahead. Yeah, what well, I'm 39, 38. Mm. Okay. So I will go Verstappen pole. Verstappen yep. win. Boring. Perez, so Perez he's breaking second. the record. He is Perez second, Alonso third. Oh, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> literally my top three <laughs> literally in exactly the same order and everything um oh I've, i mean i can't just do the same can i exactly and the, but the merc's so bad on the low on the high hey, downforce Alpine tracks one or two years ago 
Yeah, but luck and a non being able to defend. Race yeah, Pierre Gasly is going to win. Um, imagine Ocon and Gasly get a po- like a double podium. Disgusting. What? what um, oh, I, I, I wanted to do exactly that. <laughs> it was what I wanted to go for, but I got to go different, haven't I? Somewhere. Um, uh, you know, just back what? a Perez Q two exit again. And yeah, that's all I'm <laughs> thinking at the moment. Verstappen, Verstappen, uh, Alonso, Hamilton. <laughs> I'm so losing dead. points this week. I never should have let you go first. <laughs> that was all I shouldn't have done. Um, yeah, very. I mean, you can't call that dead when you picked. No, but collectively, our predictions are boring as. Oh so, yeah, and Hungary is for that. Hungary is often actually quite a track that does quite well uh, for delivering yeah. weird and wonderful well, podiums, we isn't it? We had Russell pole last year, didn't we, for the first time? We did. We did, yeah. There's only ever poles still in Formula 1. Yeah. Russell. Yeah, yeah. As many poles um, as Nico Hockenberg. Yeah, yeah. Same, he's got more podiums. <laughs> um, third fact, in the best car. Hulk's never had the best car. Eh. Hulk needs to... <laughs> the best driver's going Actually, Hulk has had the third fastest car. 2020, my friend. Still going to get a podium there, well, though, could he? qualifies he? on the podium. And what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we should probably call Deary it. Me. I, there was a tiny part of me in Austria that did want to see him get a podium in the sprint, just so I could remind you it doesn't count. Oh, I would absolutely have taken that. I know you would have, and I would have reminded you every week forever that it doesn't count. Um, but yeah, we, we probably should, should call it a show there. I think we've done pretty well this week. Uh, got our predictions locked in for the Hungarian Grand Prix. A bit of rambling. And next week's show, ladies and gentlemen, it's oh, going to be an absolute car crash. Stay tuned. Jamie and I will be doing a podcast together. It's going to be incredibly sweaty because we're on holiday. It's going to be warm and we hope we're not going to get invaded by our friends when we do it. We definitely um, won't get invaded. I'm locking that door. Fair play. I don't want to be locked in a room with you, mate, to be honest. Oh, true, yeah, but there yeah. we are. Um, thank you all, as always, though, so much for listening. If you have enjoyed, please do make sure to leave a like. Get yourself subscribed. Uh, as always, you know, quick housekeeping as always. If you're watching this on my main channel, obviously 2024, we're going to be shifting over to the Knowing Wheel channel exclusively. So if you're not already, please do make sure you get yourself subbed over there as well. And yeah, we'll be back very, very soon with more Knowing Wheel.